we have the uh, the OG, uh, the Punisher, Mr. Pete. I, you know, I've never learned how to pronounce your last name. Ciccone or Ciccone? There you go. Bingo. Exactly. Just like Madonna. All I know is Pete is uh, one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met in the fitness industry. And uh, we go way back probably, gosh, Pete, how long has it been? It's been 20 years. Well, 2010, 2009, we were working with Isatori back in the day. Wow. Yeah, you came, you came down to, to TG, which was World Gym back then, and did a photo shoot with me for Steve. Yeah, uh, Stephen from uh, Isatori. Yeah, way back in the day. That was the start of it. That was my very first trip to San Diego. Uh, wow. Yeah. And I remember doing videos upstairs uh, at the gym, um, and, and we had this big conference room. And I remember that's when I first had my man crush on you, because I was in charge of recording you talking about fitness things, you know, all things muscle. And I, I knew nothing about fitness. I knew nothing about muscles or anything at all. And so I set up a camera, and you said, uh, just tell me when to go. And I said, okay, I'm recording, go. And then you talked about 14 hours straight. <laughs> it was unreal. So we're in trouble. You here. had so much info and it was just nonstop. It was a, uh, that's when I'm like, whoa, I, I know nothing. And I feel like I, I just got a four year degree just from this one little meeting. It was amazing. But Pete, so tell, tell the audience uh, kind of what your story is. How long have you been in fitness and what's uh, like, what is life all about for you right now? Well, you know, thanks. First of all, it was, it's always been really good working with you. And, and I've been in the bodybuilding game since 1980 something. Uh, my first bodybuilding show was 1989. Um, I got into bodybuilding uh, because I was a short, chubby, little, tiny, skinny, fat kid. And, you know, I always, I always tell the story that if, if you're big and fat when you're young, you're definitely not invisible. You can be a bully or you could be a, a you know, starting lineman on the football team, or at least a big guy walking around enforcing people in high school. But if you're skinny and fat and tiny and little, you're invisible. So I picked up some weights and I learned that lifting weights can change my body. I picked up Flex Magazine, Ironman Magazine, and Muscle and Fitness Magazine with all of my allowance when I was 15. They were in a convenience store, uh, real magazines, you know, made out of paper and glue. And um, I sat and read those things each until mm. the pages fell out. It was all I could afford at the time, but those magazines lasted me. Those three different issues, summertime, good Lord, 1986, maybe 87, um, maybe earlier than that. They fell apart. You know, all the pages fell out, and then I kept the pages and ended up making collages out of them and stuff. It was just a fascinating uh, look at how the body could look, which I learned um, can be manipulated with food and, and weight training. And I realized from that point, I was like, this is something that would really empower me. And it did as I started training. I started changing my body from the age of probably about 15 and onward. And uh, I was bit by the bodybuilding bug and the lifestyle. And, um, you know, it's something I've been really blessed to be able to make into a lifestyle and a, and a livelihood. And I can share that with uh, now, geez, it's been thousands and thousands of people over the course of time that I've been able to share this journey with you being one of them. You and I met through uh, Isatori, a nutrition company from Colorado. You were doing some photo work for them and had done some stuff in Flex Magazine and I think Muscle Media 2000, I think. Yeah. And I saw some of the pictures and Stephen Adelaide actually had said, I'm going to have my photographer fly down to San Diego and do a, a photo shoot and some video stuff of you doing some training. Um, and I said, well, that's great. What's his name? Oh, his name is Brett Seeley. He's a new guy in the game. And I was like, okay, cool. So I had uh, looked up some of the stuff you had done and Stephen had sent me some stuff. That was before Google, I think, even. <laughs> but- <laughs> 
What? I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. The What you had done with lighting, and it was all black and white stuff you had done back in the day. Stephen had sent me a catalog of stuff you guys had done, um, I think the year before, for one of his products. It was called H-Blocker. Back then, I don't know if you remember, but yeah. um, man, the, your eye for the way you lit muscle and showed muscle, ah, I was a fan instantly. And you know, we've been working together ever since then on the different uh, creative projects that we've worked on. And I've just kind of watched your art grow and become a, I've become a, a very big fan of it and the way that you represent not only fitness but the bodybuilding lifestyle especially now i'm a fan really of you know the way that you have your your content is always very uh, you're pushing the envelope in many directions but at the same time maintaining a real uh, sense of respect and admiration for the athletes and the work that they do by highlighting the strengths of the physique as it's lean and as it's muscular with the symmetry and the way that you light stuff is not just putting a a body up on 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 image you know but it's it's really super complimentary and it's something that i've always been very honored and, and appreciative when i had the opportunity to work with you for either myself or for my athletes it's it's amazing you always come away with good stuff so it's, it's great to be able to sit on and have a chat with you today oh, i appreciate sincerely that, you know well one one of the things that that caused me to to have tons of respect for what you do as an artist because you are you are definitely a sculptor of the human body uh, when I first started photography, I used to take pictures and, you know, when you're, when you don't specialize in fitness, it's easy to take a, a pretty picture. And before working with you, you know, I would shoot with people and they would say, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty. Oh, you know, it's a, it's a cool image because back then I was only focused on a few things, you know, get the light close and then make sure the camera settings are ready and then pop, pop, pop. And then when I worked with you and some of your athletes, it was honestly one of the first times that someone said, okay, uh, I don't like this shot. I can do better. And I was taken back. I'm like, what? You, you, don't, you don't like the picture? And that's when, like, when I would watch you post somebody, you'd say, okay, it looks good, but rotate the hips a little bit. And then that way you, accent, you accentuate the, the upper part of the glutes and then press down the legs so that way the hamstrings pop and the quad, you know, you get the fully developed, you know, the roundness of the quad. And, and these are things that I'd never looked at before. And, you know, and I had shot a few fitness people prior to when we first met, but I, I was just winging it. I was, I was totally, I was just pressing a bunch of buttons uh, a lot, you know? And when you would just tweak the art of the pose, the art of, of the mind-muscle, you know, connection, you know, to make sure that everything is firing at the, at the right time, it's, it's magic. It's like a dance, you know? And that's really what helped me kind of mold and, and shape and shift my direction as a fitness photographer. That's when I, that's, that's really when I think I went from being a, a guy that shot fit people to someone that wanted to be a fitness photographer. And it was because when you work with someone that has that skill, that eye, the, the experience, the knowledge, you know, it was a brand new world. And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues I have with the, the current generation. There's a ton of people that shoot you know, photography, you know, they have a camera and they shoot fit people. And then they, they post on their Instagram fitness photographer. And I'm like, oh, if you only knew, you need a Pete in your life. Uh, finding a Pete is going to help make sure that they, uh, they know a little bit about what's going on. But uh, I, I told right, you before this started that I wasn't going to get into a stroke fest, but that was kind of a stroke fest, wasn't it? That was well, kind you know, of the a, interesting thing about it, yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. But of. the interesting thing is, I remember, do you remember our, our very one of our, well, I would say one of our first uh, shoots, and I just remember 
it was a creative artsy one, black and white. And it's just like, wow, that looks really good. But if we could turn those hips just a little bit to the right or just a little bit and the waist gets narrower and yeah. the curves get a little better. And that's really, you know, me looking at it from the eyes of a, of a bodybuilder and a bodybuilding posing specialist or bodybuilding coach because you know with bodybuilding presenting the physique on stage as a caricature as a superlative as uh, you know larger than life and exaggerating through presentation hiding weak points and exaggerating strength i mean that's the name of the game for presenting the physique to the judges and when you and i were working together and the lighting was amazing and the athlete was in shape and we start looking at just angles and subtle changes and twists and turns you get become you your your subject matter becomes super heroic and you know i never really thought about it that much because in watching the way that you shoot and i've i've attended good lord dozens or to hundreds of your shoots and i'm just a fan of watching the way you operate and capture the reality of what the athletes look like on your lens but with your lighting and actually then if i'm if i'm the lucky one who's able to say what if we just turn those hips just a little or lift that chest just a little and broaden those shoulders just a bit from a bodybuilder that's also from an artistic standpoint you know i'm i'm painting this magic with your paintbrush and your canvas and your skill set your lighting and it we've done some really amazing stuff i'm very humbled to be yeah. even considered to be a contributor to any of the output that you have it's just you know i always refer to it in my hashtags as sealy magic when your stuff is posted of my athletes or myself because it's really just like there's very few other photographers that can capture a physique the way that you do and i don't even know how to describe it it's just you can just tell it's your stuff you know there's a few of your mentees that i see have have gotten kind of the skill of it but still working side by side with you compared to them you can still you know the difference because i remember a couple of times you know you set your camera up and be like okay ready click okay we're done next next outfit or whatever like one shot two shots <laughs> killing it it's just amazing stuff you know do we have time for a shoot uh, we got 20 minutes okay throw on the outfit throw on the outfit click click boom done just amazing you know one thing that i would uh i would suggest for uh, the next generation of photographers it, one of the things there, there's a saying you know um, when you choose who you hang out with they, there's a saying that says if you are the smartest one in the room you're in the wrong room <laughs> and i think true. a lot of people like to be the person that is the smartest yeah. you know and you know as creatives you know creatives can have a little bit of ego they can have a little bit of this you know desire to be uh respected for what they do you know and and i get it i understand uh, same thing with athletes. Athletes want to be respected for the status that they have, you know, their ranking in the world, you know, and I, I totally get it. But there comes a time when you can create 10 times the amount, you know, you can increase the quality by by so much if you put the ego to the side a little bit and then respect the fact that who you're working with may have the same to contribute as you do. and Or someone may have more, you know, and when you're able to 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 take the feedback from somebody else who has many many years you know many many more reps of being in the gym of of doing you know three months of a specific exercise just to build one tiny inch on the back of the arm you know when you when you allow that experience to come in and you take feedback where someone says hey what do you think about this that's when the magic happens you know that's when you can really level up multiple times over and over and over and so you know for that I, I i have definitely been on the receiving end of a lot of the benefits you know uh, just listening to you talk watching you you know do those fine tiny detail uh, adjustments 
you know, and this kind of kind of segues into one of the questions I had for you, um, because I look at how the I know I consider you one of the OGs because you've been around um, only for a few years because you're only like 25 years old. So you've only been around for a little bit. Twice. <laughs> yeah. There are the OGs who have really done a ton to help shape what what fitness means, you know, what the, the world of bodybuilding, you know, I'm, I'm male and female, you know, there's there there's a big the landscape's totally different now than what it was even when I first started photography. And so this is 10, 15 years ago. Uh, fitness photography today is drastically different than what it was uh, when I first went out to San Diego. And now, you know, the, you know, this is a good thing and a bad thing. The power of the social media influencer, you know, when I first started, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing, you know, and now there's so much power given to people that have a skill set on how to build a social media following but it doesn't necessarily translate into how much knowledge they have, you know? Um, do you have any thoughts on, on the new face of fitness now? Cause it almost seems like, you know, the more following you have, the more of a fitness professional you are, which to me just doesn't make sense. No, no it's absolutely true. And I think the same goes for any uh, profession that can be considered either a science or an art where the masters really are, are those that have been in it for some time and then have learned by trial and error. You know, and uh, we refer to your your art and your science as your photography, which is really a combination of both. I'm sure things I don't even begin to understand about f-stops and timing and lighting and, you know, reflections and shades and shadows and stuff. It's a science as much as it is an art, um, similar to bodybuilding. And I think, you know, the more you do it and the more you trial by fire, the more you screw up and fix things and learn things, trial and error, the more, you, the better you get at them. And, you know, you and I have both been in our arts and our sciences for quite some time. And I think it used to be that the proof is in the pudding and the artwork that you put up on this, that I put on the stage or that you put on the screen or, you know, images you put on canvas or up on the walls in TG, for example, all of those are examples of your expertise. And now uh, if you're, if you have a good filter, on your Instagram photography camera or, you know, your, your iPhone, mm -hmm. um, you can create some pretty cool images or you can actually, you know, filtering apps that don't really belong there or really aren't present. You can create uh, yeah. a whole lot of, uh, you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but of course things that are not quite the reality when you meet people in presence, you're like, well, you don't really look like your Instagram. I know, you know, because oh. you're not, I'm very creative with my filters. I'm very creative with the angles and lights and the, you know, for example, I have this funny thing in front of me. It's a ring light, which I can't hardly see, but you know, the ladies that help set it up for me says, this will help you look better on your podcast, Pete, put the ring light over here. Okay. But I mean, you can't tell, but now you actually look kind of nice, you know, but the yeah, point is so much of reality perception is seen through the eyes of social media through instagram good bad well it is what it is right so we have to roll with it but i don't think for the majority of real reality the perception is skewed dramatically skewed you know we saw that with the, the incident that happened at tg locally just the other day you know where some guy stated his case on his three hundred thousand followers on TikTok, and it caused the gym to almost well, to, let's say it disrupted their couple of days because, you know, they got 1,300 prank calls because of one uh, disgruntled uh, ah. former uh, member and who was actually in the wrong from the things yeah. that I heard from the gym. But, I mean, we can go more deeply into that. But the point is social media is a very powerful thing, but it's also, in most cases, not really the real truth. And I think 
we see that in politics. We see that in the world. It, it, it becomes a slippery slope when what you see on your phone, which is everybody's window into the world, is in most cases somewhat skewed. And so that's worth keeping in mind. It used to be newspapers, and that gave us enough time to step back. It used to be magazines, even TV, where you step back and you have enough of reality to realize that that's just one perspective. But I think now we're on our phone so much and we're looking at reality so much through the window of the phone that we forget that there's a whole other world behind the phone and around us. And we forget that. And it's like, well, if I look good on Instagram, it doesn't matter how I look in the gym because at least I look good on my selfie. So then more people will like me and I might get more clients or something like this. And even, you know, for you, as long as on Instagram, your pictures look good, you know, it doesn't really matter whether the model looks good or the angles are right. You know, and there's a lot of things you can do in post-production. In my opinion, maybe give you more tools. I'm not sure your angle on that in terms of like, you know, post, but I think there's something to be said for the skill of either just natural light or manipulating lighting to really accentuate your subject matter the way that you've always done. And I've always been fascinated because I can see when we're there together working in a dark room and it's like, pow, Pete, check that out. Yeah, we're good. Move on to the next. It's like magic happens at one time before post even happens. You know, that's excitement and that's mastery of your craft. That's something that is often, like you said, is, is missed in today's today's world of social media, looking at the reality through the eyes of the phone. You know, one thing that that kind of bothers me a lot, you know, I love social media because it's it's what it, it's what has allowed me to have a business these past 10 years. You know, I've been full time for 10 plus and uh, I've never I've been lucky. I've never had to pay for advertising. I've never had to use this thing that back in the day we used to have to use called the yellow pages. Um, uh, kids nowadays have no idea what that is. Uh <laughs> No comments. I've got, I've got kids. I've got uh, twin boys that are 14 and a daughter, daughter that's 18, which holy cow, she's 18. Um, and it's crazy that they have not experienced so many things that things that I still think are, are commonplace, but with social media is revolutionized everything, you know? So I, I love social media. You know, I, I'm not a anti-social media type of uh, person. But there are instances where I think it's gone way too far. You know, the gym has always been uh, one of my favorite places to shoot. You know, in the last 10 years of shooting fitness, it has always been my favorite gym. I mean, it, it's, it's, been, uh, the, it's been the main spot, one of, probably the only spot I shot for many years whenever I used to go out to San Diego. And they've always welcomed, you know, not only myself, but if I brought a team the styling team and then all the athletes that came in, it, I was proud to shoot there. I am still proud to shoot there. You know, I, I was proud to, to have that as, as one of my go-to locations whenever I stepped in. And so to hear the news of people that have never gone to the gym, for them to, to, to do punk-ass stuff, you know, to, to, to mess with another business, to mess with people who rely on that, to to pay their mortgage, to feed themselves, to pay, you know, for the luxuries of, of doing whatever you want to do. For so many people to do that, it, I mean, social media has created a bunch of punk asses, you know, and, and you're probably going to get prank calls now and I'm probably going to get punk emails and all that stuff. But, you know, it, it's got to be said. And that, that's, you know, maybe it's because I, I, I'm one of the, the dinosaurs in the industry. You know, when it comes to photography. So maybe I'm taking the stance of of how things used to be, you know, and change is always going to happen. And and we can recognize when the change is good. But man, I mean, just there's a few things that have happened. It it makes people 
think that because they have this little, uh, the few minutes of, of fame due to doing a stupid dance, you know what I mean? Well, I think it's... Um, it, I know I'm rough on uh, feathers. Oh, definitely. It's, it's a scary new world. It really is. Um, and it should be for even the young generation too, because what ends up happening is when you take reality and you distort it and you put it through several different filters and you put it out there for the world to consume, the world sees only that picture because like, you know, the 1300 prank calls a day into the gym on Monday and 1100 prank calls on Tuesday into the gym, shut down the gym's communication um, access on all levels. You know, they have a, an alarm company. There was a problem with the security alarms on Monday night that was trying to get through the whole day, but the gym could not get the phone call because the gym lines were jacked up. 1,300 prank calls uh, from this one social media um, person, uh, influencer who, you know, tried to, you know, just distort the reality even a bit. And even if you had some some position of, you know, righteousness in his complaints, it would have been much better, uh, in my opinion, from where I sit, you know, to have addressed it just, you know, man to man, you know, the owner's always there. Go in and, you know, verbalize your complaint. Because what happens when you take and you distort reality even somewhat and you go out and it, I don't necessarily mean in this regard, anybody's uh, deceiving people. But the truth is, from your perspective, you tell your truth and that truth doesn't happen to be the whole truth. But people that are following yeah. you tend to believe that truth because they're following you and not the other guy. What ends up happening is you're distorting that reality just enough that through depending who's got more followers, who's got more viewership, you're creating a new story, creating a new storyline and a new reality. Yeah. I mean, we see this in politics, right? It's the same BS. And this is what's frustrating about, um, in my opinion, quick, immediate access to information in the social media world, because you don't get the full picture, depending on who's got more reach, who's yeah. got more bandwidth. And, you know, that's that's one of the major problems that I see. And that's, it, it's exactly like you said, you got the OG crew, you got guys that are trainers from back in the day, for example, coaches, in my opinion, and I'm not that good with Instagram, I admit it, I really should care a lot more than I do about social media. I care about my clients. Um, but the guys that I'm I'm coaching, uh, compared to the guys that some of the younger guys who are really good at social media, I figure if they're really good at social media, how good are they at coaching? Because how much energy are they putting into their true profession mm. versus into their marketing? Yeah. And, and that's okay, because everybody's got to build their business. But, um, you know, I see it. I, you know, it's very funny. I had a conversation with um nancy jambasian you know the, the the hair and makeup lady um just recently because she's you know of our generation one of the most amazingly talented makeup people that i've uh, i've ever got to work with and um you know her business is solid but we complain about the fact that there's a lot of newer generation people that are amazing marketers on social media that are not necessarily yeah. as talented as some of the people out there that are artists and the professionals that have really started or founded the, the skill on whatever level it might be, but how their business is exploding because they're very good at social media. And you know, that's okay. You got to yeah. learn the skill and you got to grow with the times, but uh, it does definitely bear the question, you know, where's the true reality? And you have to be very careful as a consumer to at least do your own due diligence and to analyze both sides of the story and see really where the value lies. Yeah. Is the value in how good somebody can can put themselves out there in social media or is the value in the service they actually are providing for you? And that goes for photography, it goes for makeup and hair, it goes for news reporting, uh, politics, you know, the stories of but the gym, coaching, training, everything. Social media is the window to the world, right? But if it's skewed always one way or the other, as we see right now in reality, you know, you, you end up with a big danger of 
you know, falling to one side or the other of what's actually real. Well, hopefully, you know, those who have been members of the gym and those who have gone in, even if it's with a day pass or something, hopefully more people uh, speak out on behalf of the gym. Because like I said, they've always been amazing for me uh, and for my clients and for anybody else who's gone in. And, and even for people that, that's, I mean, the fact that they put up so many images up on the wall, you know, they're one of the very few gyms that I know of that have done that since day one. And they're all yours. And that's really what helped, <laughs> you know, establish myself. Well, you know, I've been very lucky that a lot of uh, the shoots that we've done, you know, have been featured on the walls. But then a lot of the guys that are in my coaching group, you know, their images are now up on the wall. Yeah. And, you know, the, the amount of pride that they have when they say, hey, guess what, man? I've got a picture up beside yours. I know. Or they don't even mention me. They say, hey, guess what? Now I have a picture up on the wall. <laughs> and, you know, they say it with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of saltiness. Sure, but I'm like, sure. it makes me happy yeah. because it, it's a defining moment in their career. Yeah. That place has built so many uh, photographers' careers Absolutely. and athletes' careers. Yes, you know it's it's one of the iconic places in you know in fitness history, and I just hate to see, you know, I mean, Grant, if if it were all of the ownership saying something that was like really morally wrong, then yeah, burn the place down, you know. But if it's over, and and I don't know the whole situation, I don't know all the details, I don't care really because nothing is. I don't think it's it's bad enough to where you can cause a business to lose money or to lose the ability to operate. I mean, I, we can go on about this all day long and not to kill a dead horse. No. And I, I just think more people need to speak up. It, it's funny, too, because, you know, uh, Joey Swole, he's, he's a, a big guy in terms of physically, but he's also a big guy in terms of his influence on Instagram and social media in general. He had done a TikTok, actually, that was a very much... Uh, about his perception of what he had heard and seen from uh, his information sources. And according to me, and I work at the gym and I talked to the owners and I talked to actually even the gentleman that was accused of, you know, some of the things he was, he was accused of being basically being rude. Um, but even still, you know, if you look at, I told, I had to make a response to Joey's post and I, I said to him, you know, before you actually go out and put your position on things, cause Joey's great. He's got a real interesting, um, a strong position in the social media world where he tries to keep everything on the yeah. positive and, you know, puts out there. What I really enjoy watching is a lot of his commentary on um, etiquette and gym etiquette. And I love the, his different style of stuff. And I think he was trying to speak proactively yeah. um, for gyms in general, being courteous to their members and not being, you know, assholes or whatever. But I, I think in his meaning to do well, he only got half the story. And I've actually was there during the course of this whole kind of thing that transpired in the beginning of the week. And, uh, you know, the, the truth of it is there's a whole nother side to it, you know, and be that as it might and whoever's right and wrong, it, it's still interesting. Luckily, as, as you have already expressed, you know, the gym is a place that's been there for 35 years. They have a tremendous history. They were there pushing, risking the doors to be open during COVID when everybody else in town was shut down. Yeah, They're stable. Their Yelp reviews will go back up Their Their population is very solid. And, um, They've always been sticklers for putting your damn weights away, and they don't even say it politely, no matter who it is. If it's me, if yeah. it's you, Brett, you remember, they gave you so much hard time. Do you remember when you used to come early in the morning and you had to bring coffee to Ted because he was grumpy about letting you in when I wasn't there to say, <laughs> this is Brett. 
<laughs> and you bring him a coffee and he would I smile. Remember. Say, okay, you can go go ahead and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just the way they are. They're, you know, salty old guys and they really want to keep their gym nice. And it's actually for the membership that they're so sticklers on how to behave properly. And this is really where the source of the problem was. If you don't put your weights away, God damn it, you're going to get somebody to speak to you about it. And if you don't do it enough times or you sneak in there without paying your membership, you're going to get kicked out. And, you know, these are the things. Yeah. You don't try to pull the wool over old guys' eyes because they've been there before and they probably tried the tricks. They might not have social media that they can go and come around the back end and screw with you. But you know, the truth is, pay your membership, put your weights away. And if somebody gives you an attitude, okay, it's because, you know, at the end of the day, these gym guys got to go back and put all the weights away of the people that didn't put their weights away. So that's why they're such jerks yeah. about it. I would be too, you know. But anyway, you know. Well, the thing is, well, hopefully – you know, I, I've watched a ton of Joyce Wool's videos and I love him because he does call people out when they are clearly in the wrong. Absolutely. And then when it's kind of like borderline, he says, you know, I hope that this happens and I hope, you know, there's lessons learned on both sides. So I'm a huge fan of what he puts out. Don't beat you. Without and a I doubt. hope, you know, I hope there's a follow up video uh, once all the information, because one thing that I've, I've taken away and, and you mentioned this is whenever I've been at the gym, one of the reasons why I'm so obsessed about the, the etiquette of the gym is because I've been on the receiving end of, you're going to put that away? I've been on the receiving end of those same guys who are telling me to keep my shit together so that way the membership does not suffer. It's always been for the members. It's always been for the, you know, they told me, yeah, do whatever you want, but just don't get in the members' ways. Yeah. And, and I always took that from day one. I'm like, they always think of their members first. Yep. You know I'm, I'm a guest. I, you know, they would kick me out in a heartbeat if I step out of line. Well, and as it, it, as that's how it should be. And, and I think so too. You know, it's really funny. When I first met Joey, I was really, you know, socially, social media illiterate. Speaking of Joey, you know, because I love him too. I think he's an amazing guy. And, and I, I actually can say that, you know, in all honesty, because I first met him and I had come into the gym. I was going to train a client. It was a Sunday. He was doing a photo shoot and video shoot uh, on the leg press and then over in the chest section. And he had all his weights on the leg press, or like eight or nine plates on it. He was doing a heavy set. He left that machine, went to do chest presses with the dumbbells. And there were dumbbells everywhere on the floor because he was doing a drop set or something. And I came in to train my client. I wanted to use a leg press while his crap was on. And I asked one of my buddies, I was like, who the shit, who, who the heck left all their crap on the leg press? <laughs> I go, oh, Joey Swole's here. And I'm like, I, I don't know who the hell Joey Swole is. I'm not onto this bullshit Instagram stuff. I wasn't into it, right? This maybe. 12 years ago. And uh, I was like, oh, that's that guy over there. Joey's a great looking guy. He's you know, very charismatic and he's jacked and pumped. And I looked over there and I'm like, I don't care who the hell he is. He didn't put his weights away. I want the machine. That's not mm. gym etiquette. So I went over to Joey and I yeah. said, excuse me, I don't want to interrupt your photo shoot. When he, his camera guy put the camera down and I interrupted and I said, but you see those leg press over there? I said, and I don't, he's, he said, I said, in this gym, doesn't matter who you are. I don't know you, but you got to put your weights away. And he was like, yeah. oh, my God, Pete, I'm so sorry. And he knew who I was, apparently, from the bodybuilding world or whatever, which was very courteous for me. He wasn't all up in his own ass. He actually knew my name. So yeah. he, I said, it's nice to meet you, Joe. And he said, let me put my weights away right away. He stopped his video shooting, and he went, and he put the – and I said, you know what? I'll work with you. Let's put all those weights away because there was a ton of them. He was doing a huge leg press. So we put all the weights away. And I said, listen, man, that was cool of you. I'll let you get back to your business. I just want to thank you for being respectful for the gym. This is the rules of the gym. He shook my hand. He went back yeah. to doing his work. And, you know, that says something about a guy who understands gym etiquette. And that's why 
I'm one of his biggest fans because, you know, Joey understood he was not in, he was a guest. He was allowed to use the gym and shoot and do his filming, do his business. But he was like, oh shit, he was busy. He was focusing on his product. He forgot that he had left a bunch of shit on the, on the leg press. So we took it down together. And you know what? He was respectful. He didn't roll his eyes. He didn't give attitude, took care of business. And that's how it should be. There was no problems after that. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I gave him a t-shirt from my shop and we had a few words and I found out he's just a super cool dude. And I've been a fan since then. And you know what? Joey's done some amazing things, but that's gym etiquette, you know, and that's why the gym is what yeah. it is. Cause the guys are hard. The guys are sticklers, but the gym is put together properly. You can use it. You can be comfortable. Like you said, it's all for the membership. Well, you know, I have no doubt that things will go back to, to normal sooner. It sucks that there's a little bit of a speed, oh, bump, yeah. a little hiccup. But uh, the good news about not being on social media a lot is when crap happens, a lot of times you're just not aware of it. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's true. And so it's that's hopefully it's one of those things where it's like, huh, what? Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But then back to business. You know, one of the crazy things, though, Brett, is talking about social media. It's I really want to get my social media game together better because, like you had said, for guys like you and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours, too, and for your skill set, but also the way that you disseminate your information. When you had called me about this podcast, for example, I got really excited because – there is, having been in the industry for 34, 30, whatever years, you know, you realize there's so much that you know, so much that you don't know. You never stop learning. But the way that you learn and the way that people learn is by sharing information also. And I noticed that the yeah. good part of social media, which is something I've been very resistant to growing and changing with, and I'm learning and changing, is the ability to touch people and share to a vast audience, the information that you've collected through your own journey. And I see you're doing that quite a bit with your team and with your social media push. You know, we had talked about YouTube years ago. And so I had started up my YouTube channel and that's, you know, that's been going really well, but it's, it is such an amazing way to reach people too. It's, it's really powerful. It is exciting. And it's, it's got definitely has its good points as well as the negative points too. I mean, there's a huge opportunity yeah. to be able to touch and share with people the things that I've gathered and learned along the way. And that's something I, I really love doing And the bigger scope is exciting for me in the next couple of years, as my business continues to grow, you know, we opened a gym down here in El Cajon, uh, East side of San Diego. I've got my second 619 muscle shop out here in the east side, too. We're looking next year and year or so to work with you, hopefully some more, too, and continue to push our social media envelope so that we can start touching more people throughout the, the country and the world. Because um, we've got a pretty good following now overall through the, the 619 muscle brand and, and my stuff. And um, I just I'm in love with the lifestyle that I live and share and share with guys like you. Um, it's something now that, you know, as I'm finally starting to embrace the ever-evolving social media, I'm excited to be able to share, you know, a lot of the stuff that you and I have kind of talked about and whispered about over a cup of coffee after a photo shoot. But, you know, there's so much to be able yeah. to, to enrich other people with and to learn from other people too. So it's exciting. You know, you mentioned your new gym. What, uh, this is a little bit of a time for a little plug. Uh, what makes your gym the place to go? Well, uh, what what makes it different than the rest and what... Uh, what what special ingredients you bring well, to your location? We're really excited. My partner Devin and I um, founded uh, the Human Elite. It's a, a forty five hundred square foot gym in East County, El Cajon of San Diego, right off the eight. So if you're coming from center of San Diego, drive east, and then you're going to drive right into our driveway, pretty much. But we have top equipment. Um, we got really lucky. We partnered with a brand called Mayhem, Mayhem Strength. They're actually out of Chula Vista, Southern San Diego. The owner, James, is just amazing. And he's done a lot of um, 
designs that are somewhat knockoffs of some of the other popular brands, but they're also super high quality and the angles are just a little bit more unique. We've got a lot of really good custom equipment that uh, targets all of the different body parts in different ways that makes training in our gym really unique and a lot of fun. There's machines in there that you'll not find anywhere else because they're brand new and the, the angles and the, mm. the, the force vectors and the, the levers are just slightly different than anything you've ever tried. They're a super cool brand, uh, Mayhem Strength, and we've got the majority, 90% of our equipment comes from them, uh, a solid brand. We've got all the basic stuff. We've got uh, enough cardio equipment to get done. The stuff we need to, it's all brand new. And you know, for guys like you and your game, as you can attest, you know, we actually had the lighting done custom and the coloring in the background is black and uh, with the overhead lighting well lit. Um, influencers are welcome to come because the lighting was specifically crafted to uh, make the uh, the mirrors more anabolic, like we like to say. Mm. So when you're taking pictures yeah. of yourself in the human elite, uh, you get to see what you really look like, you know, in, in a very positive light. Um, it's a lot of fun. And everybody that comes in really makes a comment about the way we've set up the lighting. It's a really nice place to shoot and to train and um, photographers, influencers, and videographers are, are welcome to come in and uh, train. You know, for video shoots and things, we may need to have some appointments being booked, but it's a pretty awesome place. A lot of friendly people. It's not one person yet that I've signed up for membership in, in our gym that I don't like. To be very honest, I love everybody yeah. there. It's a real family place with a lot of hardcore people. So, and a good amount of pros are training out there now too. So I'm really excited about it. Nice. You know, one thing that I would say is, is when I had the pleasure of going to the gym, uh, the lighting was amazing. Um, I'm talking about what the athlete looked like because the reflection on my side, it wasn't as good as what uh, the anabolic mirrors. Yeah, we did and on purpose. I must have been to the wrong corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, it's an amazing place to shoot. It's amazing. Uh, just uh, overall, just an amazing facility. I, I was really Thank impressed. You. It, uh, it looks really, really nice. But yeah, man, I'm wild there. I feel like there's a million things that we could talk about. Uh, well, I, I do have a question for yeah. you. Um, so on the photography side, you know, AI has has been uh, just it's it's come through like a big tidal wave, and and I. I look at you and I see kind of like the encyclopedia of all things fitness. I mean, any question that I would have about any muscle group, any, uh, the way that food travels throughout, throughout the muscle recovery, you know, um, anything that has a term that I don't know how to spell, you know, inside and out, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, chat GPT, ask, ask that app, any question, and it will give you amazing answers. Is there any fear or any risk? Is there anything that could be impacted with AI in your world? Because there's a lot of debate about, you know, AI in, on my side. You know, it's, it's um, really... It, does it impact you It's really scary. I'm just learning about it. That's why we had a, had a really brief text conversation about it earlier today. Um, one of my clients is just the most amazing. He's an influencer from, from China, and he's digging into all of this new stuff that's all cutting-edge technology. And he's been doing it for the past several years just to kind of stay ahead of the educational curve. So he's always come in and he says, Coach, have you heard about this? Coach, have you heard about that? And he was showing me the past couple of weeks with chat GPT. Forgive me. Yeah. Yep. He says, if you want give me macros. What do you want for my ideal macros? So I told him, you know, 40%, 30%, whatever, protein, carbs, and fats. He's like, okay, are there any foods I can't have? Are there any foods in low glycemic this and, you know, low blood, low, low sugar, medium fat, 20% fat, whatever. So he goes like this. 
and he puts in like Google. I mean, I don't know anything about it. I'm just learning, right? But it's like Google. It spits out a meal plan for him with six meals broken down by macros, broken down by food, all, everything calculated. And I said to myself, "Holy crap! What is this? Is it a meal plan software?" Wow. He said, "No, it's a search engine, more or less, that can." dig into all of the recesses of all of the information that's ever been out there and pull from it. And I'm like, holy crap, crazy, because wow. the potential impact for that type of uh, data collecting, data farming, uh, informational organizing composite is super intimidating because it can do anything, you know? And, yeah. and from my perspective, I mean, right now, if I write a, a nutritional program for a guy, you know, I'm pretty confident that it's going to have a lot of uh, effective uh, experiential and science-based uh, content that's going to allow the, the client to be successful. But if you have a, a, an AI type of thing like this chat GPT that can generate the same level of quality instantly, it takes me, you know, sometimes an hour, two hours to sit and actually think about the goals of one of my clients and how I want to put a program together for them nutritionally based on their their lifestyle, their their work load and their, gen, you know, everything about them, age and all that stuff. When you can punch yeah. a bunch of stuff into a question and answer kind of service like this technology and it spits out a program that looks a lot like what I spent two hours trying to formulate, it becomes very intimidating when you think about shit. And I was, I was having this conversation with my client. And he said, you know, coach, we have to embrace this new technology because it's not going away. You know, there's like like Bitcoin yeah. and uh, NFT and different types of kind of fad lifestyle, potential lifestyle changing technology impact. Things kind of come and go. But he says AI is going to continue developing. It's going to be here and be a part of our lives more and more the more we uh, see time go by. So it's something that. You know, when I had mentioned it to you earlier, I was like, holy crap, I'll be talking to Brett later. This is definitely something to look at, you know, scary stuff. Now, do you have, um, like, w what's your immediate course of action? Does it, is it something, I know you said it's intimidating, but is it something that you are uh, nervous about? Or is it something that you're going to kind of grab by the, by the horns and implement it to make, uh, to make another shift in your business? Yeah, I, I don't know enough about it to see that, you know, the next three to six years are going to impact my business either directly or even indirectly. But in the longevity perspective of it, it's definitely something that many of us really should really embrace, learn, learn the technology and learn how the tools that are provided by this technology as it evolves can be utilized and, and applied to us. You know, we had talked earlier about how social media itself has impacted us and our ability to share information with other people, learn and and teach. And I think if AI is a tool we can use to disseminate accurate information, um, I think it may end up being a valuable piece of our toolbox so that we're able to share more information mm. with other people in a better way. I think, you know, the, the fear is that uh, we will become no longer needed as experts. If you have a Google type software that you can punch in questions and it will spit out questions that would normally be asked to, to an expert, What's the point of having the expert? But I think there's certain things that are still not replaceable. The hands-on uh, technique of, of training, specifically the one-on-one -on -one training in the gym, that is not going to be replaced by you know a Google search engine or something like that. But um, and I'm sure there's a lot of you know, for example, lighting issues that are just way too technical to put onto uh, something as simple as a one-question, one-paragraph answer. So, you know, yeah. that's something that years of experience and a, a creative eye, for example, in, in your profession, uh, are not replaceable very easily. 
but it's going to see, you know, we definitely have to, you know, be open to embracing the new technology as it comes out. It is intimidating. And I guess it's intimidating more so because I just don't want to embrace any more stuff. I'm barely learning Instagram and now TikTok's come along and I can't even figure that out. <laughs> so, I mean, you know what? Believe, you know, chat GPT where it is for me, but I, <laughs> I don't know. We'll be figuring that out in the next six months. You well, one thing that I'd say, no, one thing that I'd say is, you know, if, if AI can help take hours off of your, your to-do list, because I mean, you've always got stuff going on Yeah. in, in a 12 hour day, that's a short day for you, yeah. you know? So in, in the full days worth of work, you know, if there's a way to replace some of the, you know, I don't want to use the word tedious because it's flexing the experience. It's u- utilizing the knowledge. But sometimes that that knowledge flexing of that part of your brain it is repetitive. It's it's something that is done over and over and over, and it's you know it's become easy to do. It's just tedious, you know. But it's only easy if you have all the experience. If there's a way to replace that, you know, if you could save two hours per client by by typing in a few words then that's two hours you can use either to get another client or you can spend an extra two hours saying, hey, let's train. Let's train. I've got, well, I have, you know, 10 athletes. I just train. I just saved t- two hours per. So that's 20 hours that I've saved of labor uh, every, however, however often you change meal plans. Let's just train together, you know? So then you do one hour of group activity because you've gained 20 hours you know, in, in that cycle of, of prep. And so I think there's a, a lot of amazing potential. It, it opens up, you know, more time to do things that are truly impactful. Because when I watch you train somebody, I don't know if you know this, but when you have a client, um, I like to watch people. That sounds really creepy, and I hope you don't get creeped out, but I like to watch. I love watching people in motion when they are doing something that they love to do, when they're passionate about something. I, just, I, I love passion because there's so many people that kind of just walk blindly around, you know, they just aimlessly wander. And that just drives me crazy. I don't understand that, you know, but when I watch somebody that is a, a, an artist with what they do, you know, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. One more. Yeah. You got it. Okay. Two more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, you just said one more like two minutes ago. And then now you're saying two more. How do you get someone to push more than what they wanted to? And I'm like, it's amazing. But then the commitment, when I watch you working with an athlete, 100% of your focus is on that athlete. And that's the OG mentality. And that's another thing, you know, I see influencers now and they're, they're training with a client, but they're on their phone. And I'm like, what's going on here? But they might be doing something for their own TikTok, which, you know, I get it. That's now the new way to do business, right? It's all about online, you know, I, I, I get it. But there's a part of me where if I were hiring somebody to train me, and you're on your phone, and especially if you're recording me when I'm not in shape, and you're putting me on the internet, hold on a second. I don't want to be on the internet if I look like this. I mean, come to me in like two years, you know? When I feel better, then yeah, put me on, yeah, put me on blast, but not when I'm feeling a little flubby, you know what I mean? But that's social media now, yeah. you yeah. know? And it's it's mind-boggling. Yeah. But, you know, just one thing, just your 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 commitment to your clientele is is amazing, and that's that that will never be replaced by AI, you know? And that's one thing that I say to, to creatives out there who have this anxiety about, about AI. You know, the in-person experience is what is the most important thing. How you make somebody feel when they're in front of you, 
you know, that is something that you cannot replace with a program. 100%. So if if you don't have that skill, then yeah, you might want to, you know, polish up your resume. But if you have that as part of your business, you know, program. I think it'll be fine. Well, and that's those are those are wrong. those are gold nuggets. You know, those definitely are are uh, tidbits of treasure that um, I'm going to bring with me as I share that uh, the story of AI and you know that what and what's coming and just in general. I think you're right. It's the experience that, like, I watch you when you shoot your athletes, and this is why I'm constantly calling you whenever I have somebody in shape to shoot with you because it's the experience. You're totally right. I mean, just watching it, you know, when you the way that you, you help athletes relax feel good, bring out their best, uh, and then capture that in a single snap. It's just, it's just amazing. I understand exactly what you're saying. And that's something that will never be replaced, yeah. you know, by automation because that's the, yeah. the in-person experience. Definitely. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely key. What's, um, well, talking about back then and, and now, do you, uh, What's your outlook for the industry? Do you see things, you know, as many changes that have happened over the last few years, do you think that fitness is moving in the right direction? Is it moving in a continuous, predictable direction? Or is it, uh, has it gotten worse? Well, that's a tough question. But, you know, I think social media has really broadened everyone's interest in fitness. You know, it's fitness has always been a luxury commodity. You know, once your bills are paid, once your rent is paid and you got food on the table, now you start looking at getting in shape. That's why my parents only peripherally focused on staying in shape with Jane Fonda and, you know, um, those type of people back in the day you know, Jack LaLanne and all that stuff, but, you know, Joe Weider mm. and then, you know, afterwards, but as social media has also driven the visual aspect of uh, person representing yourself, I think everybody wants to look better and looking better is a big part of, uh, or fitness is a big part of looking better. And I think, you know, everybody goes to the gym now and, and if they're um, you're not really training, they're at least posting about it. So I think fitness yeah. is moving in a, in a, in a solid direction as far as an industry it's exciting there's people like you and me that are either mentees of ours or that are trying to be like us actually that that are pushing their own careers and i think that's a a good thing uh the customer base continues to grow um and I, i always said you know we are blessed to be in the united states in the sense that if we have uh enough energy and enough hustle we can make a, a really good living I and mean, you know we're, we're just keep working you know and, and you're an yeah. example of that i am too because we're now doing things that we love full time uh, and, and yeah. it's paying off i think you know that being said uh the fitness industry itself continues to expand and grow social media is a part of that engine um like it or not so i think the more we embrace it the better um I think you're right about AI helping us as far as time management and time creating more time for us. That's a good thing. I think there's also a natural tendency of all things to pendulum shift back and forth. We had talked earlier about uh, how social media has enabled people to be a little bit more market savvy or a little bit more deceptive in presentation of what's really real. And I think what's going to happen is you'll right. see a trend back towards people saying, uh, you know, some a post like, you know, hashtag no filter, that kind of, yeah, this is me, but it's real. And I know even I've seen some of the different work you've done, you know, silly unedited type posts yeah. where um, there'll be a representation more to the, the integral part of 
what the the is real outside of the camera lens with filters or outside of the the, the phone so as far as that goes in terms of fitness uh, social media has been a good thing it's also been enabling people to be creatively marketing their skill set and grow maybe without the credibility of experience but i think you'll see a trend backwards as people become more market savvy and become more able to decipher well that's a great picture but it's filtered or that's a great picture but it was edited or photoshopped you see a lot of that now you know people getting called out for yeah. photoshopping their stuff as an example that being the case i think the industry is moving in a good direction it continues to grow exponentially uh i'm excited to see what happens in the next five to ten years outside of ai which still scares me but i'll embrace it but, <laughs> but yeah i know i think i think we're, we're moving in a good direction and um, i'm excited to see uh the next generation kind of take up the flag and uh you know see what is going to happen as we have influence over them and their perceptions and we can get more integrity into representing what's real versus what's creatively edited it doesn't mean it's a bad thing but i think it bears mentioning that with social media you have the opportunity to creatively edit your representation of your reality and, and that's something that's worth mentioning yeah. that people need to do their own due diligence at all times and uh, be aware of that potential if that makes sense in a general <laughs> yeah general sense you know i was having a I was having a conversation with Sean Nelson. Uh, yeah. I, I had a podcast with him yep. the other day. And um, and th this is going to segue into the next question I have for you. You know, back when Sean, um, when I first started seeing his work, and this, I think we, we decided this was, I think, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, you know, the crazy thing is back when I first started seeing him, you know, I told him that his work back in the day used to be a little bit more on the risque side. You know, what he shot was a little bit more considered, you know, sexy, sensual, you know, that the, those were the boundaries back then. And now his work is super mild compared to this new shift, this new trend. Um, after 2020 happened, you know, you know, a lot of people had to figure out ways to make money. And one of those ways was OnlyFans. So since that time, you know, the, the landscape of, of, uh, photography and or fitness photography you know everything has shifted it, it seems like everything took you know four huge steps forward or according to some people it, it went four steps backwards you know i love business i love entrepreneurs i love when people can do things for themselves and if they know what they're getting themselves into you know i say do whatever makes you happy as long as it's legal you know don't you know just don't don't go to jail do whatever you want to do. And if people talk bad, as long as you're aware of that, do what you want to do. You know, throughout the years, I, you know, in this industry, fitness is a tiny industry. You know, it's a very small niche. And there's always going to be, you know, um, people over here saying something and people over there saying something. And it, it just, it's human nature. It happens everywhere you go. There's way more people doing OnlyFans now than what there were in 2019, you know, and there's, I think the, the landscape, things are a lot more acceptable now, or maybe it's not as taboo, but a lot of that has, has shifted over into the fitness world. You know, I see tons of, of athletes, competitors, uh, fitness models. I see a lot of people now, you know, openly advertising that they have only fans personally, like I said, for me, more power to you. You know, I've, I've been very vocal about that. I'm a, 
I'm an advocate of those who do what they want to do. But what's what's your take? You know, on on behalf of like I said, the the OG squad, because you've been around just for a couple of years. Um, have you seen a, a noticeable shift uh, towards more um, uh, over sexualization of fitness? Well, you know, it, it's interesting, especially, you know, you and I talking, because one of the things I always um, loved about working with you was your way of uh, representing uh, beautiful female physiques in very sexy ways or essential ways without being the porn or without being, uh, not there's anything wrong with porn for people, but in terms of the fitness aspect, you know, glorifying um, uh, a, a, a beautiful physique, man or woman male or female, without clothing is probably, in my opinion, uh, one of the, the coolest things that can happen from an artistic standpoint, because a physique athlete is an artist and a physique athlete working so hard on their physique and then being lucky enough to capture that hard work with someone as talented as you are and capturing that image on film or a canvas or however the representation of the medium um, is an amazing synergy of two different worlds of art especially in, in in fitness and i've that's why i've always been a fan of your stuff because i've seen in the fitness world oh god for years not not just since uh 2020 and covid but god i used to work for several different supplement companies back in the early 2000s and even late 1999 1998 and it was only the beginning of the hypersexuality of the fitness world, especially as female fitness and bikini started evolving and uh, the trending away from uh, women's bodybuilding, which was a lot more of a purist's sport into, you know, women's figure and, uh, and that there was a, from some channels, a hypersexuality of uh, these hardworking athletes uh, representation of their physiques specifically the females, but I think in, in the male world too, male physique is a, is a potentially, you know, very sexualized as well, uh, you know, depending on, on, on the fan base or the population that's consuming the medium. But more recently, I think with the creation of an industry that has grown tremendously, such as OnlyFans, uh, as far as the impact of the fitness world, you and I have talked about that. And I think one of the things that's been great, because there's always been some level of, I don't want to use the word exploitation, but, you know, um, hypersexualizing uh, athletes on some level, uh, yeah. at least with, with OnlyFans, you have an opportunity or the athletes do to, to monetize their hard work and represent it um, with full control and, yeah. and the ability to, to represent their physiques in an artistic manner, the way they normally would in the past, through magazines or through print work uh, controlled by companies or controlled by media or the powers that be. Now these athletes are able to work with great uh, photographers and artists such as you and the people that you mentor and create work that they can uh, feel really good about and potentially monetize that and capitalize on that for their own benefit rather than, you know, a box of free supplements every month from a supplement mm -hmm. company who gets to use their, their, uh, sexy bikini pictures in any way that they please. And I, I don't mean to to put down the industry, but it's a rather than it being a negative reflection on the past. And because, you know, sex sells, I mean, look at beer commercials and, you know, look at, you know, everything from, you know, the day that humans began looking at each other without clothes, yeah. uh, you know, but all the way through our fitness industry specifically, um, it's really, it, I think it's, it's empowering to see, athletes are able to create their own artwork and, and represent it and monetize it in a way that they feel most comfortable. And I think that's 
very empowering and liberating. Uh, in in some cases, very very profitable, and I I think it's fantastic. You know, I never used to be that way back in the day when you and I first started working together. As I told you, I was very uh, careful to not. Uh, you know, we had our supplement company back in the day we worked with, and we're very careful not to over-sexualize the content we put out for our athletes. But at the same time, there's a level of sexuality that definitely draws eyes and, and sells, you know. So walking that fine line is one thing. But when you can actually have the creator, the athlete, and the photographer team up to share in something that becomes beautiful and then monetizable straight to those sources, without the, the middleman of the industry, I think it's a really good thing. I think it's very liberating and I think it's exciting to be able to watch as that evolution empowers, uh, you know, specifically the female population. I think it's a powerful thing. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I do. do. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk just like I think in my brain, just, you know, all the big words that you use and all that, cause you're, you're a word ninja. I just have a problem like <laughs> using my mouth there. To, to have those words come out i love it i love it but pete is there anything that's uh that's on your mind anything that you want to kind of talk about anything that's uh you want to plug or are you going to be anywhere soon or any um any events that you're hosting you know we're working hard we've uh, partnered up again 619 muscle and the human elite in sponsoring uh the npc shows here in the west coast with the muscle contest they've been just for us friends for the this whole time that i've been in the industry for the past 25 to 30 years the npc and the ifbb are just amazing organizations um as far as my perspective is i love them and you know i'm brand loyal for these guys and that's not to say the other organizations out are out there aren't valuable as well but um i've got a very uh comfortable place of home especially now with, you know, as things are changing for me, business-wise and expanding, we're going to expand the, the gym. Uh, we've got an exciting group of athletes getting ready for this year's shows through the Muscle Contest, NPC, and IPB channels. We've got some pro athletes on our team getting ready for their uh, coming out. Uh, we've got guys and girls hitting the national level uh, and a bunch of new people coming out of the gym here in East County. My two shops are doing well. I'm really excited for the team that we have around us. I'm very grateful uh, for everything, uh, especially, you know, guys like you, high quality OGs that we can get together and continue to brainstorm on ways to help each other out. I always love working with you. I know you're coming to San Diego in March. Um, so I hope we get to at least spend some time together, if not do some work. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see this year grow. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited on a bunch of different projects that I have uh, going on. Um, you and I are going to continue to work together on the, on the backside of things like we have been and, and just grow some of the projects that we have together. But we're on that coming soon, for sure. Maybe another podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, I always appreciate your brain. I always appreciate your willingness to to chat and share information with others. You know, that's one of the key things. That, you know, it's you get to a certain point where it's is more about the the thumbprints you can leave in others. You know, um, and you've been one of the leaders in my life. You've been one of the biggest influences. So I do appreciate all that you've done and all that uh, you continue to do. And I look forward to the next time that I get to see you and. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Human Elite, I definitely recommend that you go check it out whenever you're in San Diego. Uh, that gym and then uh, TG as well, the gym. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of history in San Diego. There's a lot of history uh, within the fitness community. Um, San Diego has a, a huge place in in my heart when it comes to uh, to business and to memories, friendships. You know, 
And so uh, if you have the, the fortune to, uh, to spend some time with Pete, I guarantee you will not be let down. He's one of the, uh, the kindest, most genuinely uh, amazing guys that I know. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, made, right. I made a promise not to say so many nice things because there's a point where people <laughs> I know we start going their that. eyes, you know. <laughs> but it just, it, I, it's, it's harder to do in person, I guess. Right, but, you're awesome. Uh, and, uh, until the next time, uh, I hope that uh, we can do this uh, a few times because you uh, I mean, yeah. we can talk all day and all day. <laughs> I know for sure. God. Uh, Thank you meantime, for everything, man. If anybody out there knows how to do social media, give Pete a call because uh, he just <laughs> like he just signed Thank up you. for Google like two months ago. So uh, he needs he needs a little bit of help. <laughs> I love you, until, man. Until next time. Pete, man, it's always been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, and until next time, Talk everybody to you soon, stay my safe friend. out there. Talk to Have you a soon. good night. Bye-bye.